What's up, everybody? Chris Graham here. Joined tonight for another episode of Pizza at the Pagoda by Ben Carswell, James Watson, Mike McCullen. As always, we're going to start things off here. I can see Mike coming to us from the all-new Blue Flag Studios. <laughs> we'll get into that one in a minute here. But we'll start things first. Uh, James, what are you drinking this evening? Mountain Dew Voltage, the finest flavor they make. I don't know that I agree with that. What? I'm OG. I can expect that. I'm old. What do you want me to tell you? Uh, ben, <laughs> ben, what are you uh, putting in your face this evening? I have a Bitburger Shandy thing. <laughs> that sounds about as pleasurable as a... No. I won't get into some of that. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what are you drinking this evening? Oh, we got another one. Wait. Look okay, that. We'll, we'll get to them. Mike, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, you guys are going to decide for me. I have a Sam Adams Oktoberfest in one hand and a Cronenberg 1664 in the other hand. Both Sam Adams. Open. I got Sam a vote for Sam. What else? Anyone? Uh, please. Whichever is the worst one. Oh, that's the Cronenberg. <laughs> I like them both, but. All right, I got one vote for Sam Adams. I'll do the Sam Adams now, then we'll get into the Cronenberg later. All right, that, that sounds like a fantastic idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and here's our uh, our well our additional host who's just popped in here. I wonder if he can hear us or not. Jason Owens, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a fine and dandy polar ruby red grapefruit, calorie and sodium free seltzer water tonight. Mm. Wow, that reminds me of the old ruby red squirt flavor, and now I'm nostalgic and sad from my childhood. All I can hear is an old Bartles and James commercial, and I'm not entirely sure why. I don't even know that any of you guys are old enough to get a Bartles and James reference. I'm old enough to but... get a Bartles and James, <laughs> James reference. I, I, mean, I, I am I, too. I could go grab a Little Kings off the shelf while I'm at it. <laughs> Sounds so enthusiastic about being able to get that reference. Uh, oh, yeah. I get the reference too, Mike. But yeah, no, no, I'm, no. I, I've got a Bush beer, the the finest of Bush, Bush, the the mountains of or something, whatever. <laughs> it's the tasty. Best swill. I spent a, the last two weekends drinking Polish beers that ranged from really good to what the hell am I putting in my face? It's really Ooh, refreshing to just have like an old standby. All right, well, post-recording, you're going to have to tell me so I can go try them. Uh, yeah, some of them are good. The Polish do make some pretty good beers, and some of them are really not. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, Chris. We were just looking up where we're going on fall break, and it's this little town in the hills of northern Georgia, and there's a Polish restaurant there that has a ton of like Polish beers I've never even heard of on the menu. I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, you know what? If you want good Polish food, you come see my wife. She is an absolute rock star in the kitchen. I do like Polish food. I will say that. All right. Let's recap Portland here. Um, the headline from the IndyCar release says, Palou seizes series lead with improbable victory at Portland. 
Uh, Was it really that improbable for Dixon Jr.? (laughs) In a a old Dixon livery? Come on. Yeah, I love the... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I really like the old uh, Target Chip Canassi vibes with them running the same paint scheme like they used to. It was kind of nice. Well, Rosenquist got up there at the start, and it was just like... (laughs) PT was, or Townsend, I think, was like, look at the third blue and uh, orange car. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. I'll hide amongst the Ganassis. No one will notice me <laughs> until I hit them. Just hide in plain sight, blend in. Yes, Day t- 62, they still haven't noticed that I'm mixed in. They still think I'm one of them. Uh, yeah, until you and Chip still doesn't love me. Bury them. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, taking a look at the official final race results here. Um, they're not going to tell the whole story. Alex Palou is your race winner over Alexander Rossi, who I guess he decides the last three weeks is time to show up. And Scott Dixon, no surprise there. We'll save the turn one carnage. Oh, okay. Well, we can go into this now. The turn one carnage. Did we expect anything less or more from that? Uh, More. No one was airborne and no one was upside down. Exactly. That was tame. I was kind of disappointed. I I was expecting death. There was more almost death in the F1 race, but that's a topic for a a later date. A later time. (laughs) Not in the show outline. Yeah, 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 that's a different show. (laughs) Uh, Ben had actually picked Takuma Sato to be completely airborne and the uh air sato uh christian who will we can address this one now i guess uh our condolences to christian uh, he had a death in the family that's why he is not joining us this week uh but he will be back next week uh he had marcus erickson going for his third flight of the year jason said uh scotty mack mike said it would be hinch and i said it would be connor daly and none of them were airborne at any point during the weekend, oh. which was really disappointing. Hinch did take terminal damage on turn one, so I guess I win. Yeah, Groshan tried to help you out there. <laughs> tried to get him airborne. <laughs> what do we make of Grosjean's comments after the race? Apparently, <laughs> he forgot how to convert meters to feet. He read the signboards as being in meters and went, eh, this is a good place to hit the brakes. And if, if NASA can uh, do it, I'll give Grosjean a pass. I just but don't believe that. I don't either. Nobody thinks like that. I mean, maybe Grosjean does, and that might explain some things about his past, but... <laughs> I feel like he was trying to make a joke, and it just got lost in translation. I That... I, that. Sounds exactly like what it was to me. I, I know. I know that. The I mean, level you think of that dry, like. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. <laughs> no, it's like, I, like family friend interviewed with a company that's headquartered in France today, and the interview guy was so blunt and to the point. Like, I'm sure Rome thought he was like being in a joking manner and it just came but across so dry. He's also Swiss and the Swiss are just known for the humor. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's a joke that somebody didn't hear correctly. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. The F1, world of F1 is measured in millimeters and milliseconds. You're not calculating breaking points to the meter. You're just not doing it because you can't be that precise. Yeah, they're, they're a static reference. You say, I break at the 200 for this corner every time. I break between the 200 and the 100. You don't look at that and go, I have, and, and maybe I'm not an F1 driver and I'm a shitty sim racer, so maybe I'm wrong here, but I look at the, you know, the boards and I go, I break near one of these. And sometimes I get it right. <laughs> yeah, I always thought they were always in meters, no matter what. So that was a bit of a double take for me. I'm like, wait, there's a difference? I just I thought, thought they were 300, 200, and then stop at some point. I honestly did the thought American it was ones in yards. Three, two, one. Yeah, I. I... <laughs> and there's some tracks. There's some tracks that do that. I think Sebring is one where it's just numbers. Like there's no references and maybe there's missing zeros, but I've seen a lot of tracks where there's just numbers and, and, you know, as a, as a reference, I think IMS is like that too, actually. The ovals just have cones. They put three yeah, cones in the fence, cone. two cones, one cone. Cause they did that at Pocono and Pocono was measured out correctly, but the drivers are accustomed to seeing the cones on ovals. So they put yeah, the cones you're just, look, you're just looking for a reference, whatever that reference is. Hell, some of them might not even be using, you know, the signboards. I mean, you know, at like Lime Rock, for example, heading down into the, into the chicane, there's not even a marker. You break in a tree. So I, I don't know. I, I think he, he was trying to make a funny, but he's Swiss French. So they're just not missed. funny. Um. <laughs> It was a Swiss miss, did you say? Uh, yes, and I was going to say, I, I've, I mean, the times I've seen Simona, I thought she was incredibly funny, so I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I think it's the, oh. that's the French in him coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Our French friends that are listening here, whatever, get over it. Where's Sebastian Kinder? At yeah, sorry, Seb. Uh, right now, he is fast asleep. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's like something like five in the morning, his time. Um, all right, so looking here at the rest of the race, what do we make of what I think was a massive strategy blunder by the Ray Hall team? They had a chance to get Graham Ray Hall onto pit road, and they basically just missed it. And I mean, this, it's the metaphorical a, leaving the lug nut off. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. It, that made it no took sense. one of the fastest cars on the racetrack and relegated him to what I think probably was the best he was going to get in a 10th place finish. It, it just baffles me like at some point you have to say all right this caution screwed up our strategy we're going to have to account for that not just all right well we'll keep doing what we're doing because they they didn't adapt and i feel like that's the story for rlo they it just i don't know they missed that they missed that entirely i and i think every single person watching that race was all screaming in unison going, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? This makes no sense. I mean, Graham led 36 laps 
which was seven more than Alex Palou did, who was your your second highest uh, lap leader. That was about as bonehead of a call as I think you could possibly make. He got the two-stop strategy, but he didn't even finish with the two-stop cars. Jack Harvey finished fourth on two stops. Newgarden finished fifth on two stops. They screwed the pooch entirely. They had what could have been a race-winning strategy call and just threw it out the window. I, I, I don't... Something tells me that that team is a little bit lost right now. Right now? Yeah, I was going to say, they've always kind of been that way. I, I think they just don't have, like... They just don't seem to have, like, a thing. They're just There's no, like... Just out there running around, you know. It doesn't feel like they're working toward anything. It just feels like they're out there driving around. Like Ganassi's there to win. He's there to win. Claren's there to win. Andretti's there to win. And these guys like Foyt, um, uh, Coin, they're there to run well. You get a good run in. What I don't get. I'm looking at the 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 final data from from this race. Ray Hall led the race. He was on he was on a two strap two stop fuel stage save strategy. Finished tenth. He finished with the most push to pass, uh, with a hundred and eleven <laughs> seconds of push to pass less. The only person who had more than him was Castro Nevis, and he finished nineteen laps down, and he had hundred and thirty because his day ended early. So, <clears throat> I mean, not only was he on a on a strategy that that got blown up by the caution is it didn't even benefit him from yeah i i don't know i i don't know what they were thinking it it makes no sense i think at that point you come in and you say hey look yeah our, our strategy got blown up let's cut let's hit you from the lead fill you up have you run to the end and you've got what you need to finish i it's just it... and now okay we're we're having that conversation that they're screwing up strategy they ruined his 500, that he had a legitimate shot to win. That number 15 team is third overall in the Firestone pit stop standings compiled by IndyCar. I, I don't get it. It's Points are awarded after each race based on the shortest amount of time accumulated in pit lane. And the yeah, I think they wanted team, to have him in for another eight seconds to, on Sunday. Yeah, they probably should have. But I don't get like that tells me that your pit crew and your strategy calls are pretty solid. Because the, the points mirror the race points. So Joseph Newgarden is leading that one. His team Penske number two team. Uh, but then again, maybe not because Pagano is second in that. And, well, we know what's coming for uh, Mr. Pagano here in the next couple of weeks. Bad luck for the French. Hmm. <laughs> Sad French noises. I was going to say, I think that's more of just Pagano racing his way out of a job. What do we make of his, some of his actions this weekend? 
he was very much uh, in line with Ryan Hunter Ray in terms of thought process. I ain't going to be here and I don't got to pay to fix this shit either. I, I, that was the best comment. RHR is driving like he doesn't have to pay at the carbon fiber bill. I'm just sitting here happy that there was a Penske on Penske violence and it wasn't Will's fault this time. <laughs> For once. For once, exactly. And I, those moments don't happen often, so I have to celebrate them when they do. Because as soon as I saw them, I'm like, oh, no, not again. But then I watched the replay. I'm like, hey, wait, it's not his fault this time. Hooray, party. Uh, here's the thing that and this is definitely for a, another show. Um, if these cars had onboard starters, Ray Hall would have won that race. Because that pit stop, if I remember correctly, that yellow was for a stalled car that they had to go bring the safety guys out for. If they had onboard starters, unless I'm mistaking what what one brought out the caution that screwed up Ray Hall's race, I thought that was the Pagano, uh spin. If they had onboard starters, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. So maybe maybe Ray Hall's just three years ahead. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's certainly playing 4D chess, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, it, looking at, at some of the other stuff that has come out of this weekend, uh, obviously Grosjean did himself no favors in this fight with Scotty Mack finishing in ninth. However, the point difference in the rookie battle is 38 points. Could Grosjean get there? I mean, I know he can mathematically. There's McLaughlin a dip- needs two bad races. Or a Grosjean win. Man, I thought that. Uh, I thought he had a shot yesterday. I He just didn't look like he got that track. I think he even said that he said he just didn't understand the place. And- Which is crazy because it's a Mon- it, it, Monza is a knockoff of that track. So, oh, not you two. Heard one. The rest of the track is different. Uh, I just had to go there. I think Wes paid me some, uh, <laughs> paid me some bribe money to say that. I was just bummed they didn't coffee. work GI Joe's into the broadcast somehow. <laughs> that was disappointing. What what do we make of, of Paul Tracy being banished to turn one? Like the one spot where you could have a flying race car that would maybe kill the pit reporter who's standing trackside. NBC sends Paul Tracy there. Especially, especially after the Saturday practice session where they pulled up all of his Portland turn one shenanigans yes. over the years and rubbed his face in it. It was hilarious. I'm pretty sure somebody, the person who okayed that was watching that and watching the start of the Portland race and was thinking like, man, why couldn't the incident that happened in the F1 race happen in this race right then and there? Because clearly someone had something against Paul Tracy to put him all the way down in the shadow realm. I turned on the race and I didn't, I didn't even know what had happened. And I'm just like, did they banish Paul Tracy again? <laughs> oh, somebody got an idea from watching. Now? 
when he watched the NASCAR race at Watkins Glen, said, "Oh, we should do that too." But I they will uh, say this: I would be completely on board with that if they were to take the booth that they have, throw in a couple of experienced voices in other parts of the racetrack, calling Laguna Seca radio style and passing yes. that call off. Yes, I am on board for it. Yep. Well, I'll, they'll I'll definitely have that. they'll definitely have Hinchcliffe working for him next year, so they could stick him in a corner. <laughs> Hinch, go stand in the corkscrew. <laughs> uh, I have it on pretty good authority that Hinch isn't going to work. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, we got another insider. I well, mean, la di da. According to <laughs> according to how this person interacts i have not heard anything that to suggest that hinch is going anywhere hinch has the funding pretty well locked up i'd be shocked as far as everything i know he's not going. but then again okay i don't really know it so we add hinch to our list of pay drivers so here's what i've heard (laughs) about that seat specifically andretti they have the two rookies coming up, uh, Kirkwood and DeFrancesco. Brojan is all but confirmed to go to Andretti. It's a it's a done deal at this point, right? They're just working on his engineer to try and get him there too, or to not have him there. DeFrancesco has the Steinbrenner connection because that's technically an Andretti Steinbrenner seat. The 29 is, yeah. Yeah. That was what Herder ran uh, in 2019. 2022, I think. So I'm mixing up my years, but that was what Herder ran. So the theory is that they could have a fifth Andretti car, but pass it off as the Steinbrenner car, put DeFrancesco in that. And I guess they could keep Hinch. If Hinch has got the money and, and Michael's got the engineering staff to do it you know you know and the the genesis of that car if i if i remember correctly is that was harding oh, steinbrenner well done. hey well done. Yeah. <laughs> the genesis of it oh nice i wasn't even going there i wasn't even going i didn't even think about that but that was harding steinbrenner <laughs> and that was yeah i'm just gonna keep going uh, that that was that that harding steinbrenner that they had a technical alliance with andretti but it was a loose one because they were still running chevys then that whole thing got absorbed into andretti in 2020 and that became a full andretti card and harding went bye-bye it would be interesting to see if steinbrenner steinbrenner is going to find another partner and make that a true Andretti B team as opposed to just being a car with the Andretti Steinbrenner name. I it I have to take a look here and find the official entry list though. Because some of these Andretti cars are starting to sound like Dale Coyne entries in <laughs> in their yes. naming conventions. The Marco car by far had the best name. Uh, yeah, it, well, it was. Uh, I don't even remember who all was asp- was associated with that one. I think that might be the Herda car now too. Uh, yes, it was the it, well, long name. Yes, it was the Andretti Autosport 
with Kerb Agajanian and somebody else with Marco Andretti. It was a disgusting mouthful of a, of a team name. It's an Andretti car. I, I get that you need to have the team owner's name somewhere in there, but I, I'm getting that kind of feeling that it's like the Dale Coyne cars that are Dale Coyne with Rick Ware racing in association with Brian Herta Autosport. They go, wait, huh? Brian Hurd is not there anymore. Why is it still say there's some weird stuff that goes on with IndyCar entrant names? So to go back to James's point on Hinch's car, uh, my understanding is that's done deal and Hinch will not be in that seat next season. He's got funding. He could go to Coin. He could go to coin. He, there's a lot of seats that Hinch could go to if he has the funding. I don't know that Hinch has the fun. It, it's exactly like the Gainbridge deal. That um, Zach Veach's pastor made the connection and Zach Veach brought the money to Andretti and then Andretti just screwed him out of the deal. Uh, Zach Veach screwed himself out of a deal by driving like crap yeah. in Gamebridge. Well, okay. Yeah. Yes, but, but my point was Andretti took what was what should have been a personal services plus team sponsor deal and turned it into a team sponsor deal. It's good business. Well, if Michael's not going to buy Alfa Romeo, maybe he'll just run seven cars. You know, put that money over here and just and half Andy Carfield is Andretti slash this slash that slash God. How slash long before Ferrari. Andretti Watson racing? Uh, just you wait. <laughs> I beat you. you. I beat you to that wait. one. You don't know what I got going on. You know you I always the beat cars were bad. <laughs> wait for these ones. <laughs> hey, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of pink Andretti cars. You don't know why they're pink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly certain we do, but well, we are way off the rails. Yeah, really. Good lord! All right, wow. let's. We'll continue with the silly season chat here, um, and, and we'll kind of fold it back into the Portland race as well. Uh, what do we make of the debut performance of Mister Callum Islet? Uh, other than turn one on the opening lap, I thought he acquitted himself well. Car blew up on him, didn't it? A mechanical issue. Yeah. There was some odd pieces of carbon fiber stuck up in the <laughs> under tray and yes. uh, right side pod of that car. Welcome back to the big leads, Ricardo. Here's a new damage bill for you. <laughs> I, that was the one I really felt bad for. It was like they were hoping for a nice, clean show up, turn the laps, and get the hell out of there weekend. And they did that until, well, lap one, turn one. Every (laughs) idiot ahead of them decided to wad up turn one. I was half expecting Ricardo to pull the uh, start from pit lane challenge with Eilat there at the start of the (laughs) race. Is this Indy fixed? (laughs) I mean, well, it wasn't a bad idea. No, I, I... 
if you're looking to turn laps and get this kid a lot of experience, that's probably not the worst way to do it. Yeah, Portland is a heck of a track to go for your first keep it on the track run. I wouldn't I don't know. Yeah. I know it's the last like, one. West Coast stretch and you can really cut costs just going straight, you know, A to B to C, but yeah. This whole conversation that run. we've had so, sorry, James, but a conversation that we've had over and over on this podcast has been driving standards. That these guys have crap driving standards. And they did it again in this race. If you look at F1 and Monza, and F1 had its own issues. They didn't wad up a bunch of cars on lap one, turn one. They just F1, waited to halfway they, through the race where they wadded cars up. Yeah, but then they only wadded up a handful of cars at a time. <laughs> but it, they just, it, it looks bad on a broadcast when... Again, top flight of American open wheel racing. These guys are supposed to be the best in the world at driving indie cars. And it looks like a bottom split race at Monza. It's (laughs) inexcusable. And the driving standards in this series need to be seriously addressed going forward because it's embarrassing. It's it's and we and we as indie car fans keep making excuses for for the guys you know, to, to people that, you know, again, we have a lot of new, a lot of new fans. We got a lot of NASCAR fans watching. We got a lot of F1 fans watching and they're all going, what the hell? What is this? Right. Well, how about, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray's wife subtweeting, uh, a fellow driver over that contact on track. Did anybody else catch that? No, no, I, it was hilariously stupid. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> regale us in the details then <laughs> did she delete it yet because i gotta go find I, it. I don't know if she deleted it or, or not but basically what i thought was a racing deal between grosjean and and rhr two guys going for the same piece of tarmac she, she it basically seemed like she was calling for a penalty <laughs> well they're also going for the same seat not that rhr is going for it anymore yeah but, uh, i, I, I yeah. think there's probably a little now. more to it than that <laughs> You You're know, taking I mean, my just, husband's job, right? Like, I'm sure that they hard. took her droves. Damn foreigners coming in and taking our jobs. <laughs> I was just gonna say it. <laughs> I'm glad somebody she else knew exactly it where I was. Like, that was a softball uh, right down the middle of the plate. Uh, she must be uh, taking lessons from Emma. <laughs> it, now, to to continue that discussion, though. Where does he go next season? We can play, keep playing the silly season game here. So, retirement on his boat. We'll kill some people in uh, Michelin pilot challenge races. It's for fun. <laughs> Just go knock some people upside the head. That's what I would do if I was a retired professional race car driver. I would just go to some like lower level casual series with pro-am guys and just I would pull a Juan Pablo Montoya just crush <laughs> everyone then be like I'm the greatest in the world he's going to win Did the bronze you... driver category of the Le Mans 24 hour next year <laughs> <laughs> he wins the amateur GTD to, uh, GT3 section of some WEC race <laughs> and some track and then tells everybody that he's won a triple crown 
Did you just call the WC an IMSA amateur, though? He did. Oh, my lord. I did. Okay. Oh, uh, Wes is going to be so outside bad. Of, outside of hypercar. Angry yeah. West. Angry homestead coffee noises. Yeah. I, I, on behalf of Wes. You should go run. Um, no. Uh, WTCC. <laughs> that's what I would do. Go run some like hilarious, fun series where you get to bang doors and yeah, go to cool tracks and just go to fun. go to Australia and run the Mustang versus uh, VW Bug or the uh, Mustang versus Mini series. You guys ever seen that? Yeah. Yes. What? Elaborate. What? Yes. Mustang what? versus You've never Minis. Seen this, oh my Mike? god! How have I missed this? It's one? some of the most okay. So they put them on tracks where they basically make the same lap times, but obviously they make it in completely different ways. And it is some of the most amazing racing you'll ever see. Minis flying around Mustangs in the corners, making them look like they're standing still. And then they get out on the straightaways, and all you watch is Mustangs just come gone here, gone. So. It's like a real-life production card challenge, except with minis instead of the closest. Yes. Uh, it, Sign it's, me the hell up. It, it is. It was pretty darn fantastic. It, it, it's a great show because, like Jason said, the cars make about the same lap time. They just do it completely different. Hmm. It's so hmm. stupid it works. Now I, I'm that I is was, amazing. I was just watching the replays, the onboards of the start here uh from Portland this past weekend. Uh Pato Award was completely out of control. Scott Dixon went full nutcase into turn one. What that was about one of the more undixon like things I've ever seen him do. Well, there was ran into him. Yeah, there was some speculation that Rosenquist got his tire just enough. Yeah. To make it look like, I still think he was going in hot. Exactly. Right. The, yeah, that it made was... it like it was a it was a low margin move, like a very low percentage move. But then he got tapped on the tire and he had no chance to stop. His his Dixon hands were rocking back and forth. There is some frantic driving out of Dixon that we have not seen before. The ice, I think he is. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I was I was gonna pop in no, with this joke. The Iceman cracketh. <laughs> the Iceman's melting. <laughs> how the about ice- global war? Yeah. How about <laughs> old seven time given Palou uh, tips on how to handle the pressure? <laughs> is that? Jimmy Johnson's biggest contribution to that team this season is talking Alex Palou off the ledge. I think it's a pretty pretty big con- contribution I think too. It's like huge, it's probably Dixon worth every dollar that Chip has paid him. I mean, if you want to have a, a mentor, you, Dixon's like I don't think Dixon is particularly interested in helping Palou solidify his championship lead, like at all. And Jimmy That's- is like. Here having fun with his thing, and yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I would, yeah. but d- don't forget, Polo also has Dario in his corner, too. And if there's anyone to teach you how to drive an indie car and how to deal with pressure, it's Dario. I mean, and I think I've seen comparisons that he drives like Dario. And how about that comment on the broadcast? And I, I, I think we immediately called this one out in the Discord, and, and Jason and I were both like, holy crap. 
um, the Ganassi guys saying that Polo reminds that reminds him of uh, Zanardi. Zanardi, yeah, that is it, the highest, highest of high, high compliments that the yeah. shop guys say off the record that he reminds them of Zanardi. That's huge. Yeah, that is something, and that is something that definitely is a big deal. Uh, yeah, that is Zanardi was as much renowned for work ethic as he was natural skill. And and to have those kinds of comments, that's that is truly as high a praise as you're gonna get from the crew guys. It's, now granted, they're talking off the record, so there are some things that people will say, yeah, go ahead. You can quote me on this. And there's other things that they'll say, no, this has to be off the record. And it's as much bullshit as if they were on the record because they just don't want their name attached to. It. So some of that stuff, you kind of go, eh, yeah, okay. Um, it, <laughs> continuing with our silly season discussion though, we touched on Hunkos. Um, we have the Andretti Autosport questions that we've sort of answered. What do we think is could possibly go on with Carlin? Because one of the interesting things that that I'm kind of seeing as putting, you know, in putting pieces together, we could have as many as 28 cars on the grid next season, full-time, every race cars. Is there any chance that Carlin was not spewing that same line of bullshit that we're going to try to have two cars on the grid? I mean, there's that rumor from uh, Marshall last week that HMD is looking to move up with, you know, Malukas and um, my brain quit working in Lindquist. Yeah, Lindquist and run them both in a partnership tie up with. Um, Carlin, you know, so there's like a ton of options out there or things that could happen. Makes a lot of sense for Carlin. Um, I don't know what they do with Chilton. I mean, Chilton's not a bad driver by any means, and he's got he had a really strong race this week. Good, uh, okay, he's really fast and and practice and quality. Might be a stretch, he is a serviceable, serviceable. solid at best, like he doesn't. Destroy the car, but okay. I'd be wary of wary of bringing two rookies, however talented those two rookies are, into a backmarker team because it's happening in another open wheel series and it's going very poorly. And it's kind of sketchy. Is it fair to call Max Chilton the Mendoza line of IndyCar? The Childoza line? I'm good with that. <laughs> oh. I see. I don't necessarily think that's fair to certain guys that may be above the, the Childoza line here. He's currently 25th in points. Uh, yeah, no, that that can't be accurate because Dalton Kellett is currently sitting 24th in points. Well, but remember, Chilton missed Indy 1, Indy Road 1. Okay. Yeah, he with missed the, Indy Road 1. With, they had the he doesn't do the issue, ovals. and he doesn't run the ovals. So 
Okay. All right. So, where is Chilton in in refer in uh, relation to Jimmy Johnson? Uh, Max right. Chilton is twenty fifth in points, sitting at one ten. Jimmy Johnson is twenty eighth in points at eighty two. Never mind. Yeah, Max Chilton is I, not I, the Mendoza line of IndyCar. I, honest to God, I think it's James Hinchcliffe. He's going to do just enough just, to maybe keep a job next season. Uh, I hit, this year that. for Hinch, Hinch has been weird, too, with the leg. and I don't know about Hinch this year. He's had a really bad year. Wasn't the the story early in the season that because of the outside sporting injury, I don't, we don't know if it's like skiing or snowboarding or skateboarding, who knows what it was. It was some sporting injury. He couldn't properly break on the street courses because he didn't have enough leg strength in his left leg. Like that was a thing, right? Like I didn't just invent that in my head that that. Do you want to take that? I, yep. I can Confirm that with the source that that is in fact true. So it's kind of remarkable Hinch is doing what he's doing considering all that. So I feel like that is why you could feasibly say that he has another chance because the fact that he was having to drive hurt. If he's still putting up similar results with no injury then yeah, next season, then yeah, he's probably going to be on the way out. But I feel like that and his sponsors loving him is the fact, is the reason why he's going to be able to get another year out. I believe this is just hypothesis. I'm not speaking on anything official. I know nothing official. Just It's just weird to me that he'd conceal an injury like that. Like, but it, and it, but it's an open secret. Everyone knows that he hurt himself and was and was struggling to break it properly. Yet, it, it like they didn't say anything. It's just weird to me that they'd conceal it. Well, like concealed that. to us. I mean, the team probably well, knows. Otherwise, he might have gotten the ask. Right. It's he, not like ask you concealment where oh, I got a concussion and I'm not going to tell the team. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fair. I don't know. It's just it just seems like a weird thing to say that like if it's an open secret in the paddock, like I can't believe like none of the media personnel have been like, "Hey, Inch, so we hear you hurt yourself. What what's the deal with that?" Like it, I don't know. It, it just seems like a a weird open secret. Uh that sort of tells me that there is. It was something that might be a either frowned upon or. Uh, I this isn't the right word, but potentially scandalous reason for the injury. Scan- Did he get naked again? <laughs> scandalous? Did he hurt himself stripping? Like, where are you going with that? Uh, what a <laughs> word choice! Okay. How many? Uh, yeah, that's sort of the direction I'm going. How many times do you hear of baseball players who end up on the disabled list because they had an incident at home? that turned into somebody was hanging off the ceiling and the landing didn't stick well, but it was an injury at home. And that's all that gets said about it. When there's Joel Zamaya's li- career ending guitar hero uh, injury. As John yes. Wall last year, John Wall <laughs> tore his ACL. Uh, Wizards now rockets. Now wherever he plays tore his ACL. 
falling down the stairs. Uh, well, I'm what, sure. To, yeah, like the Venn diagram on this allegedly. one is one is, of the is me, and that's the uh, Andrew Luck snowboarding injury that he had to get European stem cells for, and ended up causing his retirement. So, yeah. Uh, one of the pitchers for the A's also tore a ligament in his hand, uh, getting pissed off at a video game. <laughs> you were going somewhere completely Baseball different. Players- Baseball players hurting themselves, <laughs> moving. Yeah, uh, so, all okay. right. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's... As we're having this discussion, this thought of the Mendoza line, since we keep referencing baseball here, who is... This has become a very baseball-heavy podcast. I'm cool with it. Here's, here's where I'm sort of kind of chuckling at this, though. We're talking about 20-plus cars, 24 to 28 cars full-time on the grid next season. Connor Daly may be out of a ride. He's currently 18th in points. Ed Jones will likely be out of a ride. He's 19th in points. Hinch is a question mark, 20th in points. Do we really want seven or eight children driving these cars over established IndyCar guys? I think someone has to. I don't know. It's a response. <laughs> One of the things sure. that's good about IndyCar opposed to F1 is that there's just so it's so much easier to get into. And so, you know, keeping in that, I'd like to see the kids get a shot. And but they're I not getting a shot in good what, cars. What is Connor? Well, what has Connor Daly done that says, yeah, I want to keep him on my team? Grew a mullet. <laughs> he's a he crazy has a lot of sponsorship good, money. I, he's a crazy good ambassador for the United States Air Force. He is awesome for them, but yeah. for the, your the race funny team, thing is, he could never serve in the Air Force. He is physically incapable of serving in the Air Force, but he is the number one ambassador for the Air Force, and I find that incredibly ironic that he would not be allowed to serve in the Air Force, but he spends all of his time and efforts promoting them as hard as he can. And it's, why can he not serve in the Air Force? He's a diabetic. Oh, it's it's a it's a disqualification. It's an instant disqualification. To be fair, I was play. almost disqualified for not having a crown on a tooth that had a perfectly good filling in it. So the Air Force but, is like that. <laughs> yeah, but but even the the best managed type one diabetic is not allowed to serve in the United States military. And it is an instant disqualifier. And if you are diagnosed in the military, you are medically discharged. Yep. Separated like the military. Yes. Separated. So looking at at these, some of these other questions that we have going forward, what other moves are we thinking about expecting going? Hmm. That could be interesting. So I think Ganassi is a hundred percent set for next year. Obviously Dixon ain't going anywhere. Polo's not going anywhere. Marcus is resigned for next year. Jimmy Johnson has his retirement seat all locked up. So I think Ganassi's all set. I don't know who else we got on the grid. Can we start calling that the MCL car next year? <laughs> MCL? <laughs> yeah. He said it was the retirement car. So, you know, like, <laughs> what else do you have to do when you're retired? You go to MCL for early dinner. <laughs> Okay. What is MCL? Is this a Midwestern yeah. restaurant? I'm is, not familiar. Is this like with a regional thing? 
This is an Indiana reference that nobody gets apparently. Yeah. MCL is only no get out. What does it stand I for? I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. I thought it was like a joke because they're old and they tore their MCL. Right, is that I not did the joke? Too. Jason, is that not the explain. joke? What is the name of the restaurant, Jason? MCL Cafeterias is a chain of American cafeteria-style restaurants based in Indianapolis. I just thought it was a national chain. I guess what? there's only 13 nope. of them in Indiana. There's, there's only six of them in Indianapolis. So if you're <laughs> liter- within a, I don't know, eight-minute drive of the speedway, you don't get the reference. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. I, I, I'm just wow. glad. I, I'm just glad. I thought this was some reference. I'm too California to understand. Apparently, I'm not Indianian enough to understand. Good gracious. Well, clearly, you guys don't know what Indy means. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we, we don't know the early we bird specials, don't. but you can enlighten us all you want there, Jason. You, you can take us for RIO. <laughs> no, yeah. Here's a quick MCL story. I went one time with my dad, right? And it was a little after five o'clock and he, uh, we go to get in line and he's like, Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. And he, he lets this little lady go in front of us. and lets another one go. And I'm like, dad, if you're going to let little old ladies go in front of us, we're never going to eat. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Is, is Jimmy Johnson a full-time car next season? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. It's a full-time car, but I don't think he runs Texas. I bet he's IMS only. That's my call at this point. I think he does the whole thing. Grosjean does the does whole Texas. thing. He does the whole thing. He's definitely going to do I Iowa. Think I think he'll do does Grosjean, I think like, one Texas race. Does Grosjean walk up to him in the paddock and be like, you don't have a head on your nuts if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Russian? Whoa, yeah, what the world? Hey, it was uh, it was the the Polish driver yes, in the that is exactly what it was. It's going to be Polish accents. Been driven too. Um, oh, going near that. Driven. Um, all right, Penske. Don't, don't, don't let's still driven out. All right, uh, yeah, Penske said they were going three if they don't if they don't retain Pagano, which they're not going to. So there'll be three. Penske is confirmed with three. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. RLL, speaking of three cars, they have that third and then Rahal, Harvey, and who? So it's Askew is the obvious, like, number one pick there. But Sato said he's not going anywhere. I don't believe that. I, yeah, but Sato brings Honda money, and as long as Honda's willing to pay him. I was just going to say, Sato has a ride with that team perpetually if he wants it. it, yeah. it the I think Sato has a ride come... with any Honda team if he wants it. Not all the Honda so teams. If you're RLL, why would you give up the piles of free or cheap engine leases that comes with having Sato in your program. That just seems silly to me. Uh, so if they go keep Rahal Sato and just put Harvey in the third car. I, I sort of think that's the lineup. I think that makes the most sense. 
right, so if we call it that, then uh, Meyer Shank, Elio is confirmed for next year. Ajano is highly rumored to be the other guy and then to do the IndyCar slash IMSA um, program where he does both the DPI or whatever LMDH uh, program. But there's that's not till 23. But he's only like 30 something. He'll be fine. <laughs> sports car racing. I don't see Pagano taking a year off, though. You really don't like sports car racing, and I'm not sure how I feel about you anymore. I'm not letting you share a hotel room with me anymore. This, this sports car uh, racing hatred has to go. It's just, I, I don't. I can be on board with it next year. I, I think it's I enjoy sports car racing. I just it's very complicated and it's very difficult to understand. And it's not that hard. Fast cars go fast. Slightly slower cars go slightly slower. <laughs> rich, rich guys in fast cars skirt things up. That's all you need to know. That's sports cars. I think anyways, as you know, probably is is rumored to go to Shank next year, and then he'll be there to help their LMDH program 23. If, yeah, if you want Pagano for 23, idea. you get him on the books now for 22, you give him a season in IndyCar and, and let him run with it. it do they stay uh, at two? Yeah. I, there's I think no so. way they go to three and there's like in, in this year. But that's just. Because that puts them that puts them at two Indy cars, and the one uh, DPI. Yeah, and I think that's all the stuff that they're involved in. I don't think they don't have a GT3 program anymore, so I think that makes the most sense. They have a sticker on an IP2K car. Yes, they do. It, so now um, you start to get to some of the interesting question marks because. We have not yet uttered the name of Roman Grosjean and where he is potentially going, um, which that looks like it's going to be one of the four Andretti cars. The math on Andretti is really weird. It's not adding up. Something is off. Because Herda and Rossi are there. They'll be there next year. Barring something incredible happening. So we got two. Rojan is the worst kept secret that he's going to be in the 28 next year. So that's three. Hinch has been rumored to be out, even heavily rumored to be out with DeFrancesco, the guy coming in. What happens to Kyle Kirkwood? And do they do that sort of Andretti Steinbrenner separate team, but it's really the fifth Andretti car. They put Kirkwood in the fourth Andretti proper. Here's where we start running into issues, though. It's a large, like, we, we are legitimately running out of 
all of the indie cars in the yeah, world. Yeah, we're running there out of engine a, leases. We're running out of there. There is a finite amount of indie cars. And we're running out of mid Ohio and Toronto be. pit stalls. Like yeah, we're running out of pit stalls. We're running out of engine leases. We're running out of chassis. Like at some point, we have to say. Yeah, this is where we are. And it's a good problem to have because we haven't even gotten into all the F1 guys and all of the F2 guys who are like, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's go look at IndyCar. We have a legitimate backlog of drivers. It's... <sighs> Coin's not going to announce anything until like a week before the first preseason test next year. We know that that's going to be the case. If Penske goes to three cars, Hunkos is only going to do one. ECR's hanging on to VK. So then you've got a spot there. Somebody was rumored for ECR. I think it was Ryan Hunter Ray. Yeah, and that would... That would make sense. You take RHR, Captain America, stick him with Ed. He'll be... He'd, Air yeah, Force he'll would be happy him. with him if they stuck around and daily yeah. work there. Clean shaven, yeah. short hair, he'll work. Clean shaven, strong jaw, Captain <laughs> America. As a family, <laughs> it'll work. Uh. Not some crazy guy with a mullet. Or a Dutch driver who goes cycling. He can't speak, he can't represent the Air Force, he goes cycling. It's also Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's in the Navy. I don't think that a, a non US citizen can represent the US military. I'm pretty sure that's a clause in the funding. He, he can, he can yeah. represent the Dutch military. Um, I know that there have been issues with with what drivers appear in military branded cars. So long as the driver is talented and fits it, they the team has to come up with somebody else that's going to be the activating part. Basically. <clears throat> um so then I guess the next question becomes what are we looking at from McLaren? Because we talked about Coin's going to have two cars. Uncos is going to have their one. Carpenter's going to be a two-car team. Do That we whole see- third McLaren car rumor has been super, like, silent for the last six weeks. Like, something got worked out, and nobody is talking about it. So that was the thing that was reported, was that the third McLaren car was, like, um, I thought I heard Pagano. I So what McLaren was saying was like, well, we're thinking about it. We really want to do it in 23. Just coincidentally, when all these, you know, heard of VK contracts come off the Daniel books. Daniel Ricardo. I, I can Daniel only Ricardo. dream of Daniel Ricardo. I can only dream. Oh, that would be so awesome. But... Those are when those contracts come off the book. And so they're looking at the guys. They were like, if we could get someone young and promising in there in 22, we will. If we don't, we just won't. We're not going to just stick somebody in there just to run a third car. It was kind of. I think if somebody 
slam down on briefcase full of cash, they'd uh I think I think they would consider it, but who's gonna do that? RHR? Do you have a briefcase briefcase full of cash? Could he bring DHL to McLaren? Does he need to? Like again, it's it's McLaren. They've got some cash. And now that's a full McLaren team. That's not Schmidt Peterson, Arrow McLaren, whatever the hell we're calling it. That is a full McLaren factory team. McLaren is just killing it in racing right now. Zach Brown. Zach Brown is a hero. And, and Zach 25 Brown years. Single handedly rescued you. that team. 25 years, there will be a documentary about Zach Brown, and he will be heralded as a. Rick Hendrick, Toto Wolf, uh, nasty level motorsports leader. Because I mean, the stuff if, he's if done, if you look at F1, what he's doing around the world, he, he, his sports car United, programs are incredible. And oh, yeah, I mean, he's Extreme E, between I think, United, you know, you, you, United Autosport, he's got Walkinshaw and Andretti United. So there's the tie in with Andretti, he's got the the tie-in in, in supercars with Chaz Mostert and um, I forget his second driver in there. Um, we are way off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let, let's circle back here. McLaren, we're expecting two or three cars next season. Two. I think we, we expect two. And if there's a third, it wouldn't be a huge deal. I think we'd go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And another of the lineups that we think is confirmed, Kellett and Bourdais in the Foyt camp. Man, I think so, but there was a huge rumor dropped by Pruitt about Calderon in one of those cars this week. She yeah. tested with them. She tested. That yeah, but like fantastic. he wouldn't he wouldn't put it in print if there wasn't smoke there, right? Like I think it was more of a Foyt can't run three cars, can they? They have. I mean, they're they're yeah, but running out Charlie Kimball for Long Beach, just probably because he has a contract with them to run a race, and he didn't run the five hundred. So he's like, "Uh, can I get my home race in, please?" Uh, just I mean, like I'm not saying it's going to happen or likely, cars. but I mean, I really don't think Pruitt would just like throw that in no i no. I, I don't think no, marshall would, now would some of this stuff there wasn't smoke there one of the things that and marshall and robin miller were both are both kind of known amongst the journalist core as being guys that have a little bit of it's sway is not the right word no but making opportunities for people that but may not connections have them. yes so it, it would also not surprise me if that printing a rumor like that because he knows some of the initial conversations doesn't help move that along. Here's the thing with Calderon. I fully believe that we need more women in IndyCar. We had a, a great run with Danica, with Pippin Pan, and the last couple of years there have been no women in IndyCar. There have been no female prospects in IndyCar. So I certainly would support more women drivers in IndyCar, but Calderon? Uh, just, there's more talented women out there to... Yeah, Simona Nadwick. 
first. Simona, yeah. Yeah, Simona, Chadwick, you know, you can go to the W series and pick some of them out. I mean, there there there's a shitload of women female talent in in the W series, there's a shitload of female talent in motorsports that isn't Tatiana Calderon. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. Can we t- so one thing I was like legitimately surprised by is I expected a bunch of the knuckle-dragging idiots after that wreck in Spa with the W Series to come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, and I didn't see much of that. I was pleasantly surprised by that. They're too busy hate, <laughs> hating a Bubba. They're, they're, they've got their own they're shit. They're researching the vaccine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The W Series hater and Lewis Hamilton hater is not a Venn diagram. It is a circle. <laughs> that is a circle. circle. But to be fa- well, no, because there are W Series haters like Pippa Man and Sophia Flourish who have both are on the record saying the W Series is stupid, just fund women in the normal channels. They don't need to have their own. Well, series. that's a Again, different kind that's of hater, a, though. Ca- that's a different show. Like at some yeah. point, that's a I think that's show. a legit criticism though. Like think about how much monetary support has gone into building and creating the W series where if you had attached that same monetary value to giving four to six really talented female drivers the opportunity to race in some of the top tier series, which of those things would have advanced women drivers in the sport more? Right. You are absolutely correct, because nobody outside of the hardcore motorsports fans are paying attention to the W series. But you take, you know, uh, let's put it this way. You can't even find like the entry list for the W series on the Wikipedia page. That's how much that's what this. Yeah, that's why like that's why I feel like Peretta's entry at the 500 was so important. Because it wasn't just, oh, let's go get some women to be over the wall crew. They No, they trained. It was a second, like, they all worked day jobs and then busted their, uh, they really worked hard. Sorry, that was not going to happen. They worked now, really yeah, hard here. to earn the over the wall opportunity, right? And they were legit there because they had the talent. Now, here's the thing. I'm looking at the W Series drivers. At least two of them were in the road to Indy. Isla Agron uh, and Bruna Tomaselli were both in USF 2000 a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, so fund them in, in USF 2000, kick them up to Indy Pro, give them a fully funded, like, you guys talked about how obvious it was in the paddock at, at New Jersey, which teams had the funding. Well, you know yeah. what? Get them the funding. Give them the opportunity like that. Like if I hit the Powerball, like I would probably try and go be a driver and be like the bronze driver that destroys half the field at Daytona for like <laughs> one, one, one opportunity to do that. And I said, no, let me fund some opportunity for racing some people that have not had that opportunity before. Isn't destroying half the field at Daytona kind of your thing? <laughs> that hurts mike i i, I it, the w series cars are essentially f4 
cars. F3. They're they're F3 chassis. F3 chassis? Okay, so put them in F3. Yeah. Put them in Euro Formula. Yeah. Put them in Formula Regional something. Put them in a series where they're competitive and it's not this weird... Proper, yeah, properly fun. There's plenty of there's plenty of spare lights chassis running around out there. Fun two rides in lights. TJ Speed picked yeah. up two of them. The, the two problem, of them. The problem with that thought process is it doesn't give the FIA the face piece that they want. They're not actually if, interested in advancing the cause of... If there's anything we know about of, the FIA, they're interested in advancing the cause of the FIA. <laughs> that's correct. Look at this initiative that we're doing. We're giving these women a place to race. The reality is it's a marketing scheme and nothing yeah. more. Uh, so the, the, the whole thing was that and, and obviously the the timing of you know w series getting going was you know coincided with the pandemic and all that so you have your first champion in jamie chadwick and that's supposed to open the door to bigger and better things and what's she doing racing in the w series there's just so much talent here that I feel is being wasted so the FIA can say, hey, look at us. We're doing something for women. What it, we're in reality is they're funding this series, which it's 12, it's 18 F3 chassis with all of the FIA funding. This is pocket change to the FIA. So the FIA can throw them a couple bucks and, you know, car- cart them around to a couple of F1 races and be like, hey, look at us, you know. We're we're advancing the cause of women in motorsport. Yet, where are their graduates? Nowhere. And the driver who publicly issued this and said, "No, I'm not going to do the W series," is raced at Le Mans. Is racing in the ELMS. She's racing in DTM, and she's not top tier she's not in the best equipment she's not the greatest driver but she's out there doing the thing and oh by the way she's doing the thing after having her back broken in an epic crash and she said no i don't want to do the w series doesn't make any sense for me and she's doing pretty good on her own sophia flourish um same to your like pippa man pippa man has kind of struck out on her own um, with the sports car thing, I think she's just on the path to buying a buying a car in some lower level sports car stuff. She just won a, a race at Watkins Glen. She's out there doing the thing, but you know, it, it's I don't know. I, I get the idea behind it, but it, it's it's not doing them a service. It's not, it's just like, hey, yeah, we have this segregated league for women, and they're off doing their thing, and they can put a feather in their cap and say, hey, look what we're doing, and I don't know. This this show has gone entirely off the rails. Yes, we uh, should probably at some point talk about like Laguna Seca next week. Uh, yes. Um, and I, it, I'm running out of beers here in to, Blue Flag Studios. To wrap this up, the, the discussion of Silly Season. My count has 30 cars. Now that includes God. that includes three that are indie only, which puts us to twenty seven. But there is a very realistic possibility we could have a twenty seven plus car grid, week in and week out next season. 
game on, let's go. It, all of a sudden, that battle for 15th, it, you're not talking about leader's circle anymore. The leader circle program may have to go away just based on the numbers of cars, and they're going to have to start paying race purses again because the, the race purse structure is about as pathetic as anything that exists in motorsports. Hey, you won one of like 17 you, races. You get $34,000. Hey, I feel like you've been possessed by Robin Miller. That was one of his big causes was race purses. I, when I, it, it quite literally pays $30,000 to win an IndyCar race outside of the 500. Oof. We pay dirt late models more. We pay 410 sprint cars more than we pay to win that race in Portland last weekend. Yes, it's sickening. But I agree. I'll get off the Miller soapbox here. Um, let's look ahead then. Laguna Seca, one of the most picturesque venues for IndyCar racing. Not necessarily the best for the racing itself. Zanardi's path should have been penalized. Agreed. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to uh, watching the race. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a fun race to watch, just to look at Laguna Seca and go, oh, I stood there once. That's what I like to do. I like to point yeah, stuff and I go, love- I was there once. Look at that. It's me. I like Laguna. Laguna is a good race. I mean, yeah, passing's kind of at a premium. Qualifying is going to be important. We have very little data for these cars. I mean, they, they ran 2019 was their big return after 2004. They didn't run last year. Herta pretty much romped away with the thing in 2019, if I remember correctly. There wasn't a lot of action. So that is what exactly what happened. Yep. But I mean, you know, Hungary and Monaco are exciting. Netherlands race no, was, not. It was mildly exciting. I think they are. Strategy no. will be fun. Yeah, it's like Monica's like super exciting trying to figure out like who's walking into the casino and where the biggest yacht is parked and exactly. like Monaco 2018 was exciting because it was like, ah hell, how does Ricardo lose this one? And he didn't because <laughs> you can run around Monaco without the entire hybrid system in an F1 car and keep a fully functioning F1 car behind you because there's no place to get around. I, I like boring strategy races. I think they're fun. They're interesting. Strategy race. Strategy's fun. It's interesting. I, well, here's here's where you you have to ask the question of what are what do you see in the way of full course yellows and how do they happen and when? Because that ultimately determines what the outcome of the race is. The fact well, that given IndyCar, that- and also when IndyCar actually decides to throw the caution, if IndyCar had thrown the caution 45 seconds earlier, Graham all those Rahal guys wouldn't have been able to get screwed. in and off. Yep. Correct. And IndyCar has kind of started making conscious decisions that they're going to. they're going to wait on a situation for guys to come into the pits 
which means, and you know, hear me out on this, that if you are consciously saying, we're not going to throw a yellow because there's a car on the racetrack that's not going to get going, and we're going to wait for people to come in and pit so we don't screw them with our stupid rule that the pits are closed as soon as the yellow comes out, maybe the rule should be changed. If you're engineering around the rule, just change the damn rule. I understand the rationale behind not close or behind closing the pits when the yellow comes out. It stops the drivers from driving like a bat out of hell to get back to the pits and try to get the pit work done that first lap under yellow when they could be driving through the incident scene. But if you're going to, by practice, leave the pits open by not throwing the yellow, aren't you then encouraging that exact behavior of people driving like hell to get to the pits before you throw the yellow? The difference is when the yellow, the safety vehicles can't roll until the yellow flag comes out. It just goes back to driving standards again. Yes. These guys need Which to know is better. why I think we're going to have a pileup in Andretti next week on the first lap. Ugh. I think, yeah, I think something stupid happens in Andretti. I think someone destroys their car at turn six. I hate just hitting it just like a millisecond too early or late and getting it completely wrong because that's how turn six is. I don't think there's any wrecks with the corkscrew. That's my prediction. The last time? That's that's a bold strategy, Cotton. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember any in 2019. Again, it's been two years. I drank a lot since then. It's like this weird effect (laughs) where you get so worked up about about the corkscrew, and you're like, oh my god, I have to get through this safe. It's so insane. You hit it, yeah, you get you, it right. You become hyper-vigilant about it, and you do it right every time, and, and you know, guys aren't going to make yeah, you know, it turns six bottom split so, rookie Miata moves through there. Turn six is so, like, instantaneous that you're going to get people messing up turn six or messing up the turn uh, directly. What is that, the rainy curve? Is that called? Rainy curve's right after the course. They're going to mess that up. They're going to mess turn yeah. six up. They're going to mess up around the corkscrew, not in the corkscrew. I'd love turn six. That is one of my favorite turns at Laguna. It's a if you brilliant hit it just turn. right, if you hit it just right, you fly out of there. If you screw it up, you're either in the dirt or you've, and you've ruined your day. That's wait, you're t- turn the seven. The left hand kick coming seven? up the hill. Yes, that's turn seven. Seven? Turn that's six seven. is the 180 that's right before it. Because the corkscrew is 8 and 8A is what they're officially called. Can we stop naming turns with subletter monikers? How about we just name name corners? Oh, no. No name name corners. corners, How is turn 9 at Portland a turn? It's a curved straight. Get out of here with that. By the way, Portland, it's not Monza of America. It's a flat right-hand oval with a couple left-hand curves in it. In a roval? It is. It's a flat roval. <laughs> Lime Rock is a right-hand oval with one left-hand yes. in it. Yes, Lime Rock and Portland are twins. 
All right. Oh, my God. We, we are so we far off the rails. All right. This, let's let's review our picks. Just... Let's review our picks from last weekend. Because <laughs> I'm sure this is going to be a fantastic dumpster fire. I don't even remember what I did. Uh, actually, well, we made these picks like six weeks ago, so it's okay that you don't remember. <laughs> um, it's been a while. Our potatoes of the week, or pineapples, potato. or... Yeah, potato is something else that doesn't belong on pizza. I will fight you on that one. There's a mashed potato pizza in Connecticut that is fantastic. Anyway, yeah, but you have to go to Connecticut to eat One of the picks. Hmm. All right, let's move on, because this is getting weird. (laughs) Ben, Uh, your loser uh, of the week, Uh, Graham Rahal. Oh! He actually called the position. I think that wins. He called the position. Uh, He said he would finish 15th, so that makes you wrong. (laughs) Graham Rahal coming home in the 10th position. Uh, Christian picked race winner Alex Palou. To be the pineapple of the week. Uh, we won't pick on him tonight, though. Jason, you win, brother. Alexander Rossi for potato of the week with a fantastic second place finish. That makes you the big winner of losers. Uh, Mike, you had Simon Pagino coming home with a 21st place finish. And I selected Renus VK coming home in 17th. So, Mike, well done getting that pick right of Simon Pagino. Uh, and Jason nailed it, brother. Race- <laughs> hey, how was I to know that Rossi was going to lose the anvil this week? <laughs> really, of all the carnage that happened there, how did nothing happen to Rossi? Hmm. Right? Like, he deserves something. Anyway... Race winning picks. Ben had Colton Herta as his race winner. Uh, yeah, he finished eighth, so not real good. Christian had Scott Dixon as his race winner. He came home third. Jason took Will Power in, in James Watson's steed, coming home 13th. Uh, Mike had Marcus Erickson who had a solid seventh place finish. And I had Pato Award coming home in 14th, which makes me the big loser on picking winners. Um, Not totally sure what happened to Pato, quite frankly. He was just not there. He didn't have a car he liked. Yeah. He did not like that car. And he started seventh too, so it's not exactly like he had a you know terrible day or something. It he had was no just, pace. He just had no pace. Yeah, yeah. He was he was kind of out there in no man's land. So, congratulations, Christian Jasper, for your win uh, in in picking pineapples and anchovies last week. Now we're going to head off to Laguna Seca for. Let me get the appropriate name of the race here try to do it once anyway the firestone grand prix of monterey i don't like that Fancy. Name. yeah did you uh, have your pinky up there when you uh, said that i i should have all right <laughs> let's no. start looking at yes yes mike's over here pounding beers with pinkies up because that's the way you do it it's french it's fancy <laughs> 
It's something. Um, looks like we have James Watson back. He he had to. He was unavoidably detained for a portion of the show here. Hello. So let's get ready to pick our winners and losers here this week. Um, let's see. Christian is obviously not here this evening. So that means the next pick in line for winners and losers belongs to Mr. Mike McCullen. Uh, where am I starting? Let's, Loser let's or winner. pick pineapples. Okay. Let's see. So many to pick from. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the chalk top, the chalk pick here, and the official Blue Flag Studios pineapple of the week will be. Let's go with James Hinchcliffe. Really going out on a limb there, brother. Let's move to Ben Carswell. Who is your loser of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, uh, the fact I that this know. requires this much thought out of everybody is kind of disturbing. Well, I just don't want to be a mean person, you know, and kick someone when they're down, like Mike. Um, <laughs> I want to okay, be so, nice about this, so, so I'll go pineapple. with... I'll go with Sato. I don't know. I just think he'll do something crazy and stupid. I just don't think he's going to You won't kick race. someone when they're down, but you're like, he's going to do something stupid. <laughs> he's doing great. He's doing he's known fine. for doing stupid things. And, well, okay. Again, if I was to come with Sato, I would be in, like, the amateur category of Super GT murdering everyone. <laughs> I don't know why he's still doing this. He's he, I would be so retired by now. Because he gets Warner trophies. Him. Just hand it to him. Just pick right. him up. James, who is your anchovy of the week? Hmm. As as much as I would like this to not be the case, I can't imagine that last this power pass race isn't a fluke for Rossi I'd like for him to have another good run but I get the feeling that his luck may turn for the worse again at Seca uh, not not a bad pick it's sort of in the blind squirrel finds a nut territory that he got a good finish last week so but we'll see here uh, Jason, who is your anchovy of the week? Rosenquist. Sounded so stern saying that. I have a feeling he's going to do something really idiotic. Like drive an old Dale Earnhardt stock car with Danny Rick? <laughs> No, that sounds glorious. That's not idiotic. Sounds like a dream day. No, the the fact that Zach Brown, like Zach Brown's going to have to have that car detuned or something because there is no way that Danny Rick is not absolute balls to the wall in this thing. No, not only that. Can we like segue? Praise Dale. Right? 
can we like Zach Brown's out there going like what um classic race winning car can I add to my stable that I can then use to bet on with my drivers to incentivize them to get wins. Like next thing you say, next thing you know, he's going to like roll a, a seven, eight, seven B into his garage and be like, Hey guys, <laughs> you want to hear this? Ah, you got to go win first before I fire it up. The and legend. United Autosports win Le Mans next year. Overall. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think Grosjean's going to suck again. And the last time I picked him to be the anchovy, he like damn near won the thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going towards the front here. We lose a championship contender next weekend and it will be Joseph Newgarden. I almost went with Joe New myself, but I, I couldn't quite pull the trigger on it. I they're, think that's actually really wise. They're they're going to start weeding themselves out. Is kind of the way I'm. How does willpower take about? Hey, <laughs> uh, sorry, boss. Yeah, not wrong. Oh, that's fantastic! All right, uh, I mean, we had more Pinsky on Pinsky crime this race. It's like a weekly occurrence now. That is true. Again, Blind Squirrel finds a nut. They were able to stay off of each other for 11 seconds. Uh, so we'll go now to our losers of the week last week to pick winners. That means Jason Owens, you're the big loser. You get to first crack at a winner to redeem yourself. So I, you know, heard I had a great performance here a couple of years ago. God, it's been a long couple of years. But, I, you know, I've got to go. i got to back up my... Nope, I'm actually not going to do that because I'm not going to reverse jinx myself. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go the taco Dick. for everybody. Yeah, I think Dixon's going to find a way to pull off the win this week. And it'll actually just be Polo wearing a Scott Dixon suit and a Scott Dixon livery. <laughs> the Dixon cosplay has worked so far. That's Does true. Does he get Emma too? Oh, man. You went there. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> We're going to keep this almost family friendly. Uh, James, you would be next, but you're just going to pick the <laughs> power anyway. So we'll write that one down and skip you. Uh, ben, who, who's your pick to win next week in Monterey? Uh, Colton Herta. Actually, I'm going to change that. Erickson. Oh, you're killing me. Erna fell too easy. It's too easy. I like to live in the edge. That's why I lose money when I gamble. Remind us never to hang out with you. We're not taking you to Atlantic City next year when we go to <laughs> NJMP. Well, we were close enough anyway. I know a great Howard Johnson's in FC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Just don't awesome. take the elevator. You can uh, race the bed bugs. <laughs> oh, God. We will tell that story someday. That will be an untold stories after the statute of limitations has expired. Mike, who is your pick to win in Monterey next weekend? Uh, so I am going to go with Roman Grosjean. He's run there. He did some testing there before. He absolutely loved the place. It's 
seems like a place that he would enjoy. So we'll go out and say the Frenchman wins on the West Coast. That's actually a gutsy call. It is it is one of the few places he will have theoretically been back to, which he has seemed to perform well in, in those kind of situations. Um, I am going way out on a limb. Let's see. Let's do something dumb. Um, no one's going to pick her enough. How about we all guess what JJ's finishing position will be? Uh, okay, we can do that one. We can do that one. Let me get, let's get through. You know what? If we're going to do that, then I won't waste the dumb on this one. Uh, I am going, man, this is such a toss up. You realize that this entire group of IndyCar experts has not selected Alex Palou, Alexander Rossi, <laughs> Pato Award. Half the top five in points we haven't picked yet. Yeah, because if we do, they'll somehow end up in a dip. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> avoiding the reverse jinx for the guys they want to win. Uh, that's true. Oh. I'm going Pato. Tequila shots for everybody. Uh, in before uh, Jim Jam finishes ahead of Pato. <laughs> right. IndyCar experts. Yeah. Apparently expert no longer requires 10,000 hours of experience. It, it re- apparently requires no experience based on the crew that we've put together here. Uh, <laughs> we'll, ju- we'll just go with beer in a microphone. <laughs> yes. That is exactly what we are. Um, <laughs> ben, where does Jimmy Johnson finish this weekend? 17th. To be to be clear, you just picked a career best finish for Jim Jam. That would be correct. I've also been a Jimmy Johnson fan since I was a toddler. So that is unrelated. But look at the number on the car in my profile picture on Discord either. It has nothing to do with this. Wait a minute. Biased. Ben, how old are you? I am were... 21. I have been a Jimmy oh, Johnson fan since I was a literal toddler. What the? How am I? How am I older than you? All right. Why James, am I? <laughs> he's just dead. He dead. James, James, where does Jimmy Johnson finish this weekend? Do you mind? I'm over here having an existential crisis right now. Good God. <laughs> um, uh, for all y'all haters, I'm saying he's gonna finish 15th. Suck it. This is the day he comes through. With a fifteenth place finish. Yeah. All right, Jason, where where does all seven time finish? Uh, well, I thought I was going out on a limb and like the whole time I was going to predict an eighteenth place finish, which would be a career best for old Jim Jam. Mike, nineteenth matches career high. I've saved the stupid for last. You're picking a podium, aren't you? Jimmy Johnson's getting a top 10 this weekend at Laguna Seca. I like it. I like how you're thinking. That's a podium for him. Hey, Chris, you may need to delete your account. (laughs) (laughs) 
IndyCar experts. IndyCar experts. You know what? I am doing... One, it really doesn't matter for anything anyway. But at some point, the guy, he's too talented. He's been good in everything he's ever driven. He has I mean, to show he, he some was, sign of, sick. I don't suck. And we're starting to see little bits and pieces of that. And one day, they used it's him going as an example. In yeah. practice, they were like, that's the thing to do. Yeah, and it was Jimmy. And, and it was Jimmy Jim. He w- he ran legit, even though it was pit cycles and strategy, he was P6 in the race. Like, he's, uh, it's getting close. Like, it would just take the right strategy and a caution to fall at the right time, and Jimmy would have a top 10 finish. I could it, see that. If, if he's getting a top 10, it's going to be at Laguna. It will not be at Long Beach. He's done a lot of. He's gonna Detroit. Really he, Long Beach. He's going straight into. Yeah, the he's gonna Detroit it at Long Beach. Unfortunately, I hope I'm wrong. And, and that's okay because he is. He is still the fucking new guy of the IndyCar paddock. You're allowed to be the new guy. And at some point, though, I think it's gonna click. And I mean, I think didn't he legit outrace Kellett for a while at one point this week? Like, he's done that a couple of times this yeah. season. Yeah. Like now, granted, that's, that's been progress. the for twenty second, but damn it, he's he can't suck forever. So I, I've got. I Jimmy still Johnson think they should have let him do a season in lights. There's not a chance he was doing lights. <laughs> Good God! All right, in summary, <laughs> summation, and review. Ben has picked Marcus Erickson to be your race winner. Takuma Sato as the anchovy of the week. Jimmy Johnson finishes 17th. James has Will Power, obviously. And Alexander Rossi as the loser of the week. You sure you don't want to flip them? (laughs) That's a very nice. Okay. Uh, And Jimmy Johnson finishing in the 15th position. Jason has Scott Dixon winning the race. Felix Rosenquist as the pineapple. Jimmy Johnson finishes 18th. Mike says Roman Grosjean will be your race winner. James Hinchcliffe as your pineapple. Mike, do you want to flip those picks? Uh, Jimmy Johnson finishing 19th. I have Pato Award winning over uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, accepting the cartoon anvil for the week and Jimmy Johnson finishing inside the top 10. Boys, this was an absolutely epic dumpster fire of a show thank you very much we do put the shit in shit show well done thank you everybody with that we're, we're experts allegedly signing off allegedly for ben carswell james watson jason owens mike mccullen my name is chris graham thank you very much for checking in with us Maybe we'll talk to you after laguna seca if they let this group of idiots sit in front of a microphone again Hopefully we'll talk to you soon. See you later, everybody.